Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast for Friday, November 16th, 2018. And we have eight games to talk about. Uh, Not a whole lot of value as of now. Uh, So not really sure if this is a slate that we're playing a lot of volume on or even playing uh, at all. Uh, There was an interesting uh, rotation change for... Uh, for Thursday night, there was only three games for that slate, and we see uh, Monte Morris is actually starting in place of Jamal Murray. Uh, at the time that I'm recording it, that game is not started yet. However, Morris is uh, starting at point guard. Now, I- I'm kind of interested to see what does that mean for the minutes, because Murray coming off the bench doesn't necessarily mean that he's being benched or going to be limited in any way. I, I think there's a-, a situation where I really like this for the Nuggets, and that would be if we're going to see Morris play about the same amount of minutes and Jamal Murray play about the same amount of minutes, but we just see Murray in the second unit and playing with more usage with a bigger role, I think it actually benefit his fantasy game in certain ways. Uh, or we could just see uh, the doctor, Mike Malone, do his usual weird nonsense rotation type stuff where just Monty Morris is a starting point guard and uh, Jamal Murray is limited coming off the bench. Now, with that said, I really like Monty Morris, and I think he's played really well so far this year in his rookie year. And I think that when Isaiah Thomas comes back, I don't know if Isaiah Thomas should play at all. I think that Murray and Morris are both better than him. So it's not really a knock on uh, Monty Morris to say that I don't think he should be playing more minutes than Jamal Murray, but rather it's just that Jamal Murray is really good, and I think he should be playing the majority of the minutes. But Monty Morris is kind of like a low-usage role as the starting point guard, playing like 20 to 25 minutes, and then Jamal Murray playing his usual 30 to 35 minutes off the bench. Uh, I think that could be a situation that I like, uh, but who knows? Maybe that's not how it'll shake out. Uh, For Friday's slate, like I said, eight games, not a whole lot of value right now, not even a whole lot of questionable players to talk about. And also it looks like as I'm just looking through the uh, the games and the spreads and the totals, uh, we've got a lot of the top defenses playing, so a lot of low point totals for the slate. Uh, couple blowout spots also, so we'll get into it now. Uh, first game is the Miami Heat at the Indiana Pacers. From the Heat side of the game, uh, not really a whole lot of pricing value here. Uh, we've seen some really big games from Hassan Whiteside. We've seen some duds from him also. He is one of the more uh, high-variant centers, just in terms of his production tends to be a little all over the place, and a lot of it is because the minutes are inconsistent, and that's because... Number one, the Heat have a bunch of capable big men on the roster. And then number two, Whiteside tends to get in foul trouble a little bit. So bringing up his game log right now, Whiteside, uh, yeah, if you just look at the last four games for Whiteside, five fouls, four fouls, five fouls, four fouls. So that could limit his minutes. Last two games, 22 and 22 minutes in each of them, and that's due to foul trouble. So to me, Hassan Whiteside generally is going to be a GPP play, not a cash play, uh, but he is the guy with the most upside on the Heat uh, roster for tomorrow. 7,900 is also a little bit cheaper than what he's been recently, so the upside's there, but the floor is really low. From the Pacers side of the game, uh, not a whole lot that I like here. If you want to throw Miles Turner into a GPP, I think I'll have a I'll have a low amount of exposure to him in GPPs. Uh, I understand that he's been bad this year, and I've said I'm close to giving up on him, but not quite there yet. And at 4,600, I think that he's somebody who could be reasonable. He's another guy who's really been hurt by foul trouble. If you look at his recent games, four fouls, five fouls, four fouls. He's been pretty solidly outplayed by DeMontis Sabonis this year, which has led to a decrease in minutes. Uh, Miles Turner, 
not somebody I'm confident in at all, but I do still think there's talent there, although my uh, opinion and confidence in the the talent of Miles Turner is wavering a little bit. But I'm saying that if you play like 20 lineups, I don't mind throwing Miles Turner into like one of 20. Like that's the kind of exposure I'm looking at uh, for him. Nobody else that I really think stands out from the Pacers side. Uh, one thing that I do think is kind of interesting worth noting is that uh, Tyreek Evans, they signed the offseason. I thought that he would have a decent role off the bench for them. Been pretty uninvolved so far this season. Uh, next game, this should be a really fun one to watch. The Toronto Raptors playing at the Boston Celtics. From the Raptors side of the game, we have Serge Ibaka, questionable to play. He missed last game. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas got the start. Valanciunas got into early foul trouble, which led to a decent role for Greg Monroe. So Monroe at 3,500, if Ibaka's out, I think he's somebody we could look at in GPPs. But still, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that Monroe role. He had played uh, a total of four non-garbage time minutes for the Raptors the entire season going into last game, and then just ended up playing a little bit more because Valanciunas got into foul trouble. Uh, if Valanciunas starts and Ibaka's out, then I think, once again, Valanciunas, really strong play at 5,300. He is uh, generally a high-variant type of guy, but in a situation with Ibaka being out, we could pretty much expect like 25-plus minutes from Valanciunas. He's somebody who's been a really strong uh, per-minute fantasy producer over the last few seasons. If you look at his numbers this year, he averages 27 fantasy points per game in just 19 minutes. So if you look at his current price tag, 5,300, yeah, basically we would only need that 19 minutes at his current uh, per-minute production for him to hit value. If we're looking at like 25-plus minutes from him, then we'd be looking at like 33 or so fantasy points at his uh, current per-minute rate. So I think that he is somebody worth looking at. Uh, Kawhi Leonard and Kyle Lowry, I wouldn't say that they're – poorly priced just the issue is that the Celtics are such a good defense that I I don't really want to pay up there from the Celtics side of the game we have Marcus Morris questionable for the second consecutive game he missed last game which led to some extra minutes on the wing now typically with the Celtics I say a lot of depth a lot of good players usage of minutes get spread around so I don't like to target them when there's injuries I think we can look to target the Celtics. So if Marcus Morris is out, I think we'll see uh, more value go towards guys like Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. The guy I think is the most interesting play here is Hayward. Uh, For one, I think that he is one of the better players on the Celtics, maybe even the best player on the roster, or at least if he was to get to his pre-form injury, I think that he could potentially be the best player on the roster. And the minutes restriction is off Hayward now. That was the concern with rostering him earlier in the year. But now if you look at the last few games, 26, 31, 29 minutes, he actually could have played more than 29 minutes last game, but they beat the Bulls by 19, so it wasn't needed. Uh, 26, 28, 28 fantasy points in those games. 5,400 is just too cheap for him. Very difficult individual matchup against Kawhi Leonard. But with that said... The, the expected production I have for Hayward this year is just so much higher than a 5,400 price tag. So I think that's what makes him in play for me. Uh, next game is the Utah Jazz, the Philadelphia 76ers, a struggling Utah Jazz team. I don't really see a whole lot of pricing value on them either. And then from the Sixers side of the game, I, I still think that this is going to take a little bit of time to figure out the chemistry. Uh, they didn't look great in the first game against the Magic. That does come with the uh, kind of asterisk that they were up 
by a significant margin against the Magic. And then the Magic went on a 21-0 run in the fourth quarter and then ended up taking the win away from the Sixers. But still, I think that there's going to be a growing process here trying to figure out the chemistry between Embiid, Simmons, and Butler. Uh, I thought the chemistry looked really wonky, particularly when Simmons and Butler were on the floor. Uh, Joel Embiid by himself was just fine, but I don't love his individual matchup, individual matchup against Rudy Gobert. So to me, that game is just going to be one that I'm going to stay away from. Uh, next game here is the Brooklyn Nets at the Washington Wizards. Jared Allen and Rondé Hollis Jefferson are both listed as questionable for this game. Jared Allen missed the last couple of games with an illness. It's been a week now, so I would expect that Jared Allen is feeling better by now and should be able to play. If he isn't able to play, then we've seen extra minutes go to Ed Davis and Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Now, with that said, Rondé Hollis Jefferson also questionable with an ankle injury. So if Allen and Hollis Jefferson are both out, then Ed Davis, Ed Davis at 4,300 becomes a really strong value play. Uh, I think D'Angelo Russell makes sense at 6,600. We've seen extra usage go to him since the Karis LeVert injury. Uh, last couple games for Russell, uh, 32 and a 33% usage rating. Uh, didn't make his shots last game against Miami, but the game before against Minnesota scored 49 and a half fantasy points, hit a career high nine threes. So a lot more opportunity for Russell if, uh, well, just in general, because the, the, because there is no more Karis LeVert to compete with for usage. From the wizard side of the game, uh, pretty, de- actually not really that high. I was, I was just expecting this was going to be a high point spread, but I guess the wizards with their struggles this year, they are uh, no longer being priced as big favorites at home. So six and a half points. I don't think there's a whole lot of concern about the blowout here if we're just going based on that. From the Wizards here, uh, like I say, better home targets and road targets. Uh, Bradley Beal is a little bit too expensive for me, but John Walt, 9,500, I think that he is a pretty good guy to pay up for. I like him for cash. I like him for GPPs. And then Dwight Howard at 5,700. Uh, does this count as a revenge game against the Nets? He was on, he was on the Nets for, what was it, like 30 seconds? But technically, he was a he was a Nets guy at one point. I know that people get real wrapped up in their revenge game narrative. Uh, I don't care for it. But fifty seven hundred for Dwight Howard, I think, is a good price tag. The Nets, one of the weaker teams in the league defending centers. I think that Dwight Howard, uh, he's he's not been really consistent this year, so it's hard to say that he's a cash game play. But that that's so cheap for him in a plus matchup that I'm fine with Howard and GPPs. Fine with him in cash games. Uh, I like him a lot. To me, he's a a core play for the slate as we look at it now. Next game is the New York Knicks at the New Orleans Hornets. I don't know what the Knicks are going to do with their starting lineup, but last game they did mix it up. They started Kevin Knox and Emmanuel Moutier over Frank Nielakina and Damian Dotson. The, the Knicks minutes are just going to be tough to figure out this year. Uh, uh, hopefully we get a starting lineup ahead of time, but even if we do, I don't really know how much we could trust it. If Moutier and Kevin Knox are both starting, I think Kevin Knox is the most sensible play just because they used a high pick on him. The Knicks have incentive to play Kevin Knox when the game's a blowout. Knox is playing in garbage time. And then even in close games, we know they're trying to get Knox experience, so we'll see him out there in those kind of situations. Uh, so Knox to me is the best play, and you could throw Moutier into a GPP at 4,000 if he's starting again. From the New Orleans side of the game, there's a little bit of blowout risk here with a 10-point spread. But from the Pelicans side, we've got Alfred Payton questionable for, what is this, like the 10th game in a row? Even when he does come back, it's expected to be with a minutes restriction. So Payton, not somebody we need to consider right now. Uh, Nikola Mirotic got injured towards the end of last game, but not on the injury report, so it looks like he's going to play. The guy who I think makes the most sense for the Pelicans 
is going to be Anthony Davis, but that would only be in a GPP scenario. Uh, for cash games, there's always just variance built into how Anthony Davis plays. He gets injured and leaves games a decent amount. His box scores also tend to be up and down a lot. And then also we have the 10-point spread and blowout risk. So Anthony Davis, I think, is a strong GPP play, but not for me in cash games. Uh, next game is the Portland Trailblazers at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, Damian Lillard coming off a really big game against the Lakers. I think that he makes sense here at 9100 And then Jusuf Nurkic has gotten a little priced up now at $7,100, uh, but I think that he is okay for GPPs. While we have Al Farouk Amino at 4900 he profiles as more of a cash game play. Uh, not generally a ton of upside in Aminu, but usually a pretty safe play, somebody who gets around 25 fantasy points just about every game. So I think that Aminu is a pretty safe cash option at 4900 from the Timberwolves side of the game, uh, I'm just going to keep riding Carl Anthony Towns. I think that he's one of the better cash plays on the slate. The price has gone up to 9600 But still, if you look at his three games since Jimmy Butler was gone, 66 fantasy points, 59, 53. And last game, he had a monster first half. I think he had what, 20 points and 10 rebounds at the end of the first half and then immediately picked up fouls to start the the second half, got into foul trouble, had to come out of the game. He played 35 minutes, so that seems like plenty of minutes, but still that's about five minutes less than we usually expect from Towns in a close game. And then also I, th- I felt that his aggression was limited a little bit due to the fouls. But still, even with all those things working against him, it was another 50-plus fantasy point game from Towns. I'm going to keep keep rostering him until the price gets really high. Uh, the other thing that we have here is Derek Rose questionable to play after missing the last couple of games. If Rose is out then I think there's added value in Jeff Teague, uh, more usage going to Andrew Wiggins also. And the other guy who I think makes sense for cash games and GPPs is Robert Covington at 5,300. Price has gone up a little bit since his debut with the Timberwolves, but still he played 41 minutes last game. If he's going to play that kind of minutes, which is reasonable because the coach is Tibbs, who plays his starters basically the entire game, doesn't like to go to his bench, I I think that we're going to see uh, that price for Covington start to go up a lot more than even where it's at now, and I think we're going to see a lot of production from him. A uh, pretty safe play for me at 5,300 in Covington with upside also. Uh, next game on the slate here is the Sacramento Kings at the Memphis Grizzlies. Just a really tough matchup for the Kings. The Grizzlies have been just playing at a slow pace and also been a really good defense this year. They're back to the grit and grind style of a couple of years ago. Really helps to have Mike Conley back. He's made them one of the top defense in the league again like they were in previous years when he was healthy so no kings for me on this slate from the memphis side of the game uh this is a spot where i think we could look at jaron jackson uh a little tough to trust him in cash games just because he's had like ridiculous foul issues so far this year but i see the gpp upside for him uh marcus on mike conley i think they're two pretty safe cash plays uh kyle anderson also after a really slow start to the year He's picked it up recently, uh, five games in a row with at least 23 fantasy points. So if we're looking at him at 4,800, I think he's good for cash games. He's good for GPPs. I like Kyle Anderson. Overall, pretty good spot for the Grizzlies. The final game on the slate, this is the one with the most blowout risk and one that I think I'm just going to kind of write off as a blowout is the Chicago Bulls at the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, 13.5 point spread here. From the Bulls' side of the game, I don't really see anybody I really like. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. I think is okay for GPPs. From the Bucks' side of the game, you could use like Giannis, Middleton, Bledsoe. Uh, I see the upside in them in case this game stays close. 
but I don't think it's the most likely scenario. Like I'm not going to have very much box exposure on this slate. There's just 13 and a half points spread. That that's that's a little bit too wide for me. The Bucks have been really good this year, and they have blown out a bunch of teams. And the other thing we've seen with Budenholzer as the coach is. Giannis's minutes are a little bit down this year, and that's Budenholzer is pretty quick to pull the, pull the trigger in games that are a little bit one-sided. Giannis played 36 minutes per game, uh, 37 minutes per game last year, and it's down to 32 and a half this year. And a lot of it's just because if the game's a little bit lopsided, then Budenholzer just takes all the starters out, which makes them a little bit riskier in a game with such a wide spread. So that's going to wrap up today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GEarenberg. DFS. Uh, I hope you guys have a good weekend and I'll be back to record a podcast for Monday. Not exactly sure what my schedule is going to look like next week uh, just because it's the holiday and Thanksgiving, Uh, but definitely at least at the start of the week, I'll be recording podcasts.